Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. Um, I just felt right then in that moment that there's a potential that some of us struggle with being in the moment. Who struggles with being in the moment? You're there, but you're not really there. And I thought, you know, the time when I am most in the moment is at the dinner table with my friends or with my family. It's like the most precious time of the day. If I can gather all four of my children and get them to the dinner table at the same time, they are locked in. Phones off. If phones come out, throw them through the window, like angry mum arises, because that time is so precious to me. And I think, I just felt like God said, he is restoring the being in the moment for us. He is restoring something of that pattern of life. And I feel like more and more of you over the course of this week are going to experience just, oh, I enjoyed that moment. Oh, I noticed it. Oh, it impacted not only my life, but the people I was with. The moment is going to be important this week, and I want you to take note of that. Hold it close and enjoy it. And every time you eat and drink, remember, today, have I been in the moment? Let me enjoy it. Let me be grateful. Let me be thankful. Well, good morning. Um, So I come this morning and I want to share something with you. Now, I wasn't the first choice preacher this morning. I wasn't the second choice. In fact, I was the third choice. So that's pretty awesome. Like, this is going to be good. All right. (laughs) I could have been the first choice, but I was giving other people opportunities. So that's all right. I've got something to share with you this morning. You know, When God continually puts something in front of you, sometimes it pays to stop and listen. True? True. So for me, when it comes to my communication, I'm diving right in. I'm diving in this morning. We're going to pray in a minute, but right at this minute, I'm diving in, okay? So you ready to go there? We're going deep straight away. Um, When something continually happens in my life, when a word continually comes up, when a song continually um, replays in my mind or, or words are everywhere. I, t- I text a friend yesterday because I'm like, look, here is this word again and again and again and again. She gets texts from me all the time. I'm not telling you what it is, not that one. That's for me. It's my secret. Anyway, um, <laughs> you guys are allowed to have those too. But this word keeps coming up, actually this action keeps coming up in my life. So I began to study it. And sometimes those things are for me and for my communication and my relationship with God, but sometimes they're actually for the church and I feel like I've got a word for you guys. Is that cool? So a couple of months ago, I get home from my holiday in Europe, which was very good. I enjoyed it. Everyone should go to Europe at some stage. The architecture, the history, like it is just a rich country and you learn so much. 
But Chad and I got the opportunity to go for a couple of weeks to Europe. And um, on coming home, I was excited to be back home and be in my home and be with my children. But one of the first things that happened was I went to my front door, I turned the key, and my key snapped in my hand. And my front door only opens with a key. And I don't have a key because it's just snapped. And now my front door is locked, shut. I'm locked inside. That gets fixed and a few weeks later, Chad and I are leaving the house and we um, lock the glass door and you just kind of lift the handle up to lock the glass door. And then we walked out. And we came back in and we tried to get out of the glass door and it was like someone had locked it with a key. And so we went searching the house for all the keys and there are a ridiculous amount of keys in my house. And you know what they belong to? Nothing. Nothing. They don't work in anything. I do not know, but I feel like as soon as I throw them out, I'm going to need them. And so I've got this bundle of keys, and so I got out every key and I tried it. Nothing would open this glass door. And so I gave in, I called the locksmith, and I said, will you come help me? And he walked up to the door and he goes, you've locked it with a key. And I said, you'd like to think so. (laughs) But you'd be wrong, because I do not have a key and my children do not have a key, and we cannot work out how this thing has locked. And so he dismantled it, made me a key. He actually used one of my old keys, which was nice. And and now I've got a key to that handle. And you know what has happened since then? It is locked. Without a key, it is locked, but the key unlocks it. Weirdest thing ever. But every time it has happened, it has made me think about keys. And keys have always fascinated me to a certain extent because I just, I just think they're amazing. Have you seen some of the doors? Like, I'm taking you back to Europe for a minute, but there are massive doors with massive big keys. Like, keys are fascinating, the way they work. And nowadays, you've got all sorts. I mean, some of you have got your key on your phone. That'll be interesting when the internet's out, but <laughs> you'll be right. You can call Google, I don't know. Um, On my trip while we were in Europe, we were on a boat. And I'm going to start here with my my real key story. We, We went on a cruise because we wanted to not only visit Italy, but we wanted to see a little bit of the Greek islands and Croatia, and the best way to do that was with a cruise. And, you know, in the lead up to our cruise, we got all sorts of emails giving offers. Here's a beverage offer. We hand out some more cash and we'll give you that. Or here's a, um, a, a restaurant package. If you pay more cash, you can have that. And none of these emails had meant anything to me. I was like, no, I don't need a beverage package. No, I don't need that. No, I don't need that. No, I don't need that. Until the email came and it said, this is the key. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I think Chad saw it and he, he showed me. Um, and the key was a package that had 24-hour Wi-Fi, um, which was very tempting because I'm so, I was so far away from my children. And it also had uh, early departure off of the boat at the different destinations. So we got priority departure. So 2,000 people on a boat... You're going into a country for maybe five or six hours. Every minute counts. So I'm like, that's worth putting some dollars into. 
I've got Wi-Fi and I've got this early departure. I had a few other things, but they were the main things that were worth paying the extra money for. So that's what we did. So why do I bring this up this morning? Why do I bring up this thing of keys? Well, like I said, when God continually brings up something in front of me, I think, what are you trying to tell me, God? What are you trying to say about keys? And so I took it back to Scripture. And the book that I found the most information in was this beautiful book of Matthew. I don't know if you've seen this. This is Brian um, Simmons' Passion Translation, the book of Matthew. And (laughs) there's my key card. See, it's got a key. How cute is that? It doesn't work anymore, though. It's quite sad. Um, and so this is really easy to read through the whole book of Matthew in one sitting, which is what I did when it come to, came to this picture of the key. You know, in Matthew 16, can we put that up on the screen? This is, whoa, I'm not going to be reading that on that screen. I found out I needed something to help me <laughs> read this week, so... Maybe that just proved it. Um, (laughs) I'll read it off of here. In Matthew 16, it says this. I'm going to get somewhere. I'm going to take you full circle. Matthew 16, verse 13 says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do the people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? This is Jesus having a conversation with his disciples. And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the kingdom of heaven and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. You know, before we entered that cruise ship, we had the opportunity to accept an email that went out to all people. And we had the opportunity to pay money in order to receive the benefits of something called the key. Do you know that the person of Jesus is the key that releases the doors to heaven. And we've already spoken about him a little bit, so I'm not going to go into that too much. Maybe I will later. But Jesus is the key that opens the gates of heaven. And that got me thinking, what are the advantages of the gates of heaven being opened to us? Have you ever thought about that? What are the advantages of the gates of heaven being open to us? Because, you know, heaven is our home. Did you know that while we are here on earth, we have access, complete access to earth, but when you know the person of Jesus, you also have complete access to heaven. Now, I know this in my mind, but sometimes I don't feel like I know the full reality of this in my spirit and in my day-to-day walk with God. We are dual citizens. We have the right to be in both places at once, but what does that actually mean? And what do we actually do with that? More and more recently, I've been thinking about church and and I think about us and I see us as being like a, a foundation of heaven. And from that foundation of heaven, we get to live our lives on 
earth. And you know, I got saved in a church, not because I was so desperately aware of my sin, but because I walked into a space where I was so desperately aware of heaven on earth. And that is an awesome place to be. I was only a young child, but, but the, the praise and the worship and the prayers going up and, and the teaching and everything that was happening, the colours of the people, the way the people greeted us, the way that money overflowed in abundance out of the baskets, all of this declared the goodness and the glory of God. And in my young age, at my young age, I was just overwhelmed and I've never forgotten that. And every time I walk into a church, I still see that original church. I still see that picture of heaven. And although sometimes I don't, it doesn't look as colorful, it doesn't look as active, I can still see the goodness of God and the heavenly places that he has seated his church in. And that is the position that he has seated us in. And I want to open up some of that today. So we get this key card. Well, we didn't actually. Let me tell you a story. And hopefully by my little story, you'll also remember some of the other components that I open up. But, you know, we got to the terminal, super excited. We're going on our cruise and super starving because we've been traveling all day and dragging our bags through Venice. I know it's hard. Someone had to do it. But um, <laughs> through the cobbled streets. But um, we got to the terminal and the first thing we did was ask, where do we go? We're key holders. Right from the start, we're like, we've got authority. We're key holders. We're one of a kind. We have bought that package. Where do we go? Because I know that there's a line where we get to get fast-tracked. And so the, um, the person pointed to a line that had about 100 people in it. And I'm like, oh. Okay, I guess out of a couple of thousand, 100 people's all right. They bought the package. Got to expect that. And so we waited in line. But it didn't move very fast. And there didn't seem to be like any lights shining to say, <laughs> you are precious, you are chosen, come forward. Anyway, after a while, we're like, mm, I don't know about this. I don't know if all these people have bought the package. Let's go ask somebody else. And so we asked somebody else and they said, no, 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 the line you want is right there. And there was one person in it. I'm like, well, that's a better line. Because <laughs> I don't want my priority departures to be with 100 other people. Sorry, I don't. <laughs> but um, so we got into that line, we got onto the ship, and there was a meal provided because that was part of the package as well. And I got my card with the key. This could be used on the cruise to have the advantages that the key provided. All I had to do was kind of flash my card. The kingdom of heaven has advantages. But sometimes we don't know what those advantages are because we have never taken the time to stop and actually ask, what do I get with that? Well, I got saved and I've got the person of Jesus living in me, but what now? You know, is there anything else? Like, is it, I've got, I'm saved and so I've got him and one day I will leave this earthly body and I get to go to heaven? Woohoo! That is awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome news. But we also have access to heaven right now. And so we need to be asking the question, what does that mean? Or what, what's included in that? In Ephesians 2 verse 4, it says this. Can I read this one on the big screen? No, I still can't read it. But God, oh, I'm going to rock glasses. But God still loved us with great love. 
He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us in the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ the exalted one and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. What an awesome place to be. In Psalm 27 verse 4, it says, Here's the one thing I crave from God. The one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house. Not an eternity. Right now. Right now I want to be able to experience every moment living in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in the glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. That's the kind of relationship I want. (laughs) I don't want religion. I don't want rules and regulations. I want to just sit at the feet of the God that I love. Face-to-face interaction, growing in my love for him as he delights in me. Paula said it this morning in our pre-service prayer. She said, you know, God sings over us. Did you know God sings over us? We lift our praise and we worship him. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, but he delights in us. And we need to know that. Our hearts need to know that. So when I get on the boat, there are perks. I get there's a steak meal waiting. As it turned out, there was half a steak meal waiting because we were a little late onto the boat. But anyway, hindsight. There was, we could have VIP seats at the shows. Um, I can't remember what the other perks were. Obviously, that Wi-Fi, like I said, obviously the rest didn't matter. But what are the advantages of being able to access heaven here on earth? Well, like I said, I read through the book of Matthew this week. And in Matthew, I have found seven, which I thought was a pretty cool number, that I can share with you this morning. But honestly, I believe that there are so many more. And I really want to encourage you this morning, if out of these seven, one or two get highlighted, go home and continue to search these things up that they can become an absolute true revelation in your heart and soul and activated in your life for everyday use, forevermore. And then step out and read into some of the other ones. If, um, if you want to read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and find within there all of the Um, components and the advantages and the goodness of heaven because there is so much more than what I'm going to share this morning. Are we excited about that? Like there's perks. There are perks to heaven and I feel like we are not activating them yet here on earth nearly enough. And I just want to encourage you to take a hold of them this morning. So the first I want to bring up is joy. Now, joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Who could do with a little bit of that? Yeah, that probably proves we could all do with a little bit more of that. So this first one is for all of us. It is highlighted. It is in lights for all of us. So I'm going to start in Matthew 2, verse 10. And you know, this is when Jesus was born. Do you know that it's almost Christmas time? (laughs) I saw, seriously, I saw Christmas cake in the shops. Or has that just been there since Easter? I was like buying bananas and right there next to it was Christmas cake. And I went, what? 
Like literally, Zoe looked at me and I'm like, Christmas. And then I just moved on. I'm like, oh no. But maybe I should put up my Christmas tree soon. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, Yeah, might as well enjoy it. In Matthew 2 verse 10, we see um, the Magi are coming or the wise men are coming to visit Jesus. And they're coming to visit Jesus because they've seen it in the stars that they read. And you know what it says about them? When they saw the star, they were so ecstatic that they shouted and celebrated with unrestrained joy. That should be the position that we live life from. When we think about Jesus, when we hear of Jesus, there should be an unrestrained joy that rises up. And when they came into the house and saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they were overcome. Falling to the ground at his feet, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure boxes full of gifts and presented him with gold, frankincense and myrrh. And I'm sure in the next few weeks, months, you're going to hear plenty about that. In Matthew 5, it says, So leap for joy, since your heavenly reward is great. Or in some translations, look up the word rejoice. Because remember, rejoice just means remember to have joy. Be reminded to have joy. In all situations, remember joy. And and why do we remember it? Because it is a perk or an advantage of living in heaven at the same time as on earth. There are things going on on earth that we will never understand, but we are in heaven at the same time, and therefore we can take those things, bring them here, and live in a world we don't understand, but then experience an emotion that doesn't match it because we know what it is to live in heavenly places. It changes the atmosphere, not just for you, but for people around you. And I tell you what, people in the world who never have access to heaven need to experience heaven. They need joy, and it comes through you. And so you need to access it, A, for you. Yeah, I need it for me. But we need it for others as well. In Matthew 9, it says, Jesus walked throughout the region with the joyful message of God's kingdom realm. He taught in their meeting houses, and wherever he went, he demonstrated God's power by healing every disease and illness. In Matthew 24, yet through it all, the joyful assurance of the realm of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed over all the world, providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. You see, joy reveals God. And after the end of the age will arrive. Matthew 24 says, What joy and blessing will come to that faithful servant when the master comes home to find him serving with excellence. Do some of you want to serve with excellence? Rejoice. Find joy. Because you know what? That's how you discover excellence. I tell you what, you know what I look like when I'm striving for excellence? Sometimes. My kids come into the room, I'm trying to prep for this meeting and um, I'm being gracious, I'm being gracious, I'm being gracious but there's only so much mum that you can hear until I'm like, what? (laughs) And then I have to step back and go, I'm preaching on joy. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to know how to access the realms of heaven and Just like you're on a journey of learning, I'm on a journey of learning. 
But man, I tell you what, next year, the year after, the year after, I'm looking back over my shoulder and I'm going to see more joy. And I've been saying that for a long time, but I'm definitely seeing an increase in joy and loving it. They rushed quickly to tell in Matthew 28, they rushed quickly to tell his disciples and their hearts were deep in wonder and filled with great joy. Now, obviously, I'm just taking scriptures and I'm just throwing them out there because I want you to just grab a hold of them and then go back and read the stories. If I can encourage you in anything this week, read the whole book of Matthew and get super excited, like highlight joy everywhere and let it become just absolutely immersed on your heart. I think that's the right word. Someone can correct me if it's not. But everybody knows how great I am with the English language. I never make anything up. Power and authority is the second thing that I saw, the second and third um, kind of perks that I saw uh, are in the heavenlies and we can bring them into the earthly realm. In Matthew 3, we see that there's um, John the baptizer and in verse 11 it says, those who repent I baptize with water. But there is coming a man after me who is more powerful than I am. In fact, I'm not even worthy enough to pick up his sandals. He will submerge you into union with the spirit of holiness and with a raging fire. Okay, so we've got John the baptizer here and John was baptizing people with water. But he knew that Jesus was coming and he actually got to baptize Jesus. And what happened when Jesus was baptized? The Holy Spirit came upon him. What is the power of the Holy Spirit on our lives? He takes away everything that um, separates us from God. So everything that is sinful, everything that is, does not make us worthy to stand before the person of God, the Holy Spirit takes it away and we become holy, blameless in God's sight. Do you know, each and every day we need a revelation of that. We need a revelation of how holy we are before God. Because I watch so often as man puts a whole list of rules and regulations on their life so that I look holy before men. But you know the truth is, is that the only way that you can be holy before man and before God is to allow the Holy Spirit to continually wash over your life and remind you of who you are. You are holy. You are holy because of the death that Jesus died on the cross. You are sin-free because of the, the cost that he paid and when we partner our life with him, we are able to stand in a place where we continually live a life that is holy. If you are struggling with anything that you feel holds you back from God, if there is anything in your life, any addictions or any struggles, then partner with the Holy Spirit and spend time with him and allow him to continually refresh you and change the way that you feel about yourself. Go back to this scripture, Matthew 3 verse 11. And remind yourself that the spirit of holiness and with a raging fire, read those verses and allow them to be applied to your life. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, sometimes in church we want to put the Holy Spirit aside because it looks like something. But I tell you what, the actions of sin look like something and they are far more damaging than the beautiful um, just transaction that takes place when we allow the Holy Spirit to come and take away some of the rubbish on our life. I don't want to dive into that too much, not this morning. In Matthew eleven eleven, it says, For I tell you the truth, throughout history there has never been a man who surpasses John the baptizer, yet 
the least of those who now experiences heaven's kingdom realm, will become even greater than he. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. We are passionate people and we have permission to take hold of its power. So I encourage you this morning, take hold of it. Allow it to become yours. Become a passionate people and accept the power that you are allowed to have. In Matthew 8 verse 2, two, two, I can't even say it. Suddenly a leper walked up to Jesus and threw himself down before him in worship and said, Lord, you have the power to heal me if you really want to. In Matthew 9, 28, it says, and they followed him right into the house where Jesus was staying. So Jesus asked them, do you believe that I have the power to restore sight to your eyes? They replied, yes, Lord, we believe. And Jesus, in Matthew 9, walked throughout the region with the joyful message of God's kingdom realm. He taught in their meeting houses, and wherever he went, he demonstrated God's power by healing every kind of disease and illness. In Matthew 10, verse 8, it says, You must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick. And make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. Again, you know, I think this is sometimes a scripture we don't understand. So what do we do when we don't understand something? Go search it out more. Continue to read the scriptures. Continue in that quiet place when you are in the moment to seek God's presence and understanding for how that takes place. So when the sick are before you, you have the faith to pray over them. I have seen people healed. The power of God still works. It is still active. I know there has been discouragement. I know even in this past week there are people who are discouraged, but I speak faith into you this morning and say we serve a God who is powerful. We have access to the heavenly realms. Take a hold of it and run and fight the good fight with the power that you have been given. I release power this morning. And the situations where we are desperate to see God's mighty hand work at the moment, continue to pray into those situations. Come on, let's rise up like a burning fire and pray for some of the families that desperately need the healing hand of God right at this moment. In Matthew 11, verse 12, from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken its power. I said that one before. Listen, we are called to be a powerful people as we position ourselves in his presence. Come on, that's Instagram worthy. Come on, someone put that up. We are called to be a powerful people as we position ourselves in his presence. That is what we're called to be. Authority goes hand in hand with power. And in Matthew 8, we read, But the Roman officer interjected, Lord, who am I to have you come into my house? I understand your authority, for I too am a man who walks under authority and have authority over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go and he'll go and another to come and he'll come. I order my servants and they'll do whatever I ask. So I know that all you need to do is to stand here and command healing over my son and he will instantly be healed. We have the authority. 
And in Matthew 10, Jesus gathered his 12 disciples and imparted to them authority to cast out demons and heal every sickness and every disease. When it comes to people who are sick, be loving, be kind, be kind to their families. Sickness is really hard, but also have the strength to reach into the heavenly realms and trust God and allow that inner strength to come across as you can pray for the different individuals. I'm going to step on from there into forgiveness. Forgiveness is the action or process of forgiving or being forgiven. Don't you normally, when you find like the descriptions of a word, don't they normally not have the word within them? Isn't that true? I found it really interesting that when I looked up the descriptive word for forgiven, they can't think of any other word except the word forgiveness. It's really interesting. When I thought about this word forgiveness and when I thought about it for my life, you know, forgiving others and being forgiven is a really freeing action. It brings freedom to both our own life and it brings freedom to the lives of others. And let me tell you, from walking on this earth for 40 years, people hurt each other and people let each other down. And I tell you who's going to let you down the most? The ones the closest. Your mum and your dad, your husband, your wife. Your close friends, your pastor, you know why? Because you have the highest expectation of them. But what I've generally learnt is most people don't set out to hurt you on purpose. They hurt you because they're broken themselves. They hurt you because they're hurting themselves. And so if we can have this thing of forgiveness established in our hearts, we live a life with a lot more freedom. Sometimes it's really tough. Sometimes it's a really tough thing to do. But it really is a godly principle that we can live by. In Matthew 7, we read, Refuse to be a critic, full of bias towards others and judgment, will not be passed to you. For you'll be judged by the same standard that you've used to judge others. The measurement you use on them will be used on you. Ouch. That helps in the living out a life of forgiveness, well, I can start by just being careful with how I treat others. In Matthew 18, verse 21, we read, Later Peter approached Jesus and said, How many times do I have to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? Seven times? And Jesus answered, Not seven times, Peter, but 70 times seven times. What's the maths? I can't do that. The lessons of forgiveness in heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this, and he goes on to tell a story about a man who owed a ridiculous amount of money, like $1 billion. And he goes to the king and he says, um, will you forgive me this debt? Because otherwise his whole family is going to have to go into slavery. And listen, when you read those stories, you know, that really doesn't apply to us now in this world. But there's still some countries where you can go into debt and your whole family can be sold into slavery to cover that debt. Like, this is a reality. The king decides to forgive that man. And then that man turns around and says to somebody else, you've got a debt, now repay me. And he is harsh and he is hard on that person. 
And you know, each and every one of us in this room who's come to know Jesus has accepted the full forgiveness of our sins. Everything. Complete. Finished. Final. Everything forgiven. You don't have to walk a life of slavery, but you get to live a complete life of freedom and you didn't earn it. You just accepted the beautiful person of Jesus. And, you know, I think when it comes to our relationship with other people, the greatest gift, one of the greatest gifts that we can pull out of heaven is this thing of forgiveness. God, I don't understand what is going on in that person's life, but I choose to forgive. It's a really tough thing to do. God, I don't want to see that person in the street. Lord, please keep them away from me. That can be one prayer because, you know, I don't know how to forgive them. Or, God, I don't know what to do with how I feel about that person, but if you invite them into my space, I will trust you for the grace to be kind to them in the way that you are kind to me. I will trust you that I can love them in the way that you love me. God is not only a person who allows us to feel forgiveness, but he also allows us to reveal forgiveness. And that revelation can bring a whole heap of healing in many situations. All right, I'm almost finished. I'm getting to the end. Wisdom. The quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. The quality of being wise. I love that. You know, I don't always feel like the wisest person. But to know that I can reach into the realms of heaven and pull down wisdom and have the words for any given situation with, when I'm using the voice of God, awesome. Awesome. I want to be able to trust that the decisions that I'm making for my children's lives or, or you know, even things that impact my friends and my extended family, I want to know that I have access to wisdom so that I can make those decisions well. And in Matthew 13, it says, When Jesus arrived in his hometown of Nazareth, he began teaching the people in the synagogue. Everyone was dazed, overwhelmed with astonishment over the depth of revelation they were hearing. They said to one another, Where did this man get such great wisdom and miraculous powers? May that be something that is said about us. Abundance and love are numbers six and seven. Abundance is a very large quantity of something. An agape love is a Greco-Christian term referring to love, the highest form of love, charity, and the love of God for man and of man of God, for God. That's the type of love I'm talking about here. And I couldn't go through Matthew and grab a whole heap of scriptures on love and abundance, but this I can do. I can summarize it. Throughout the book of Matthew, Jesus shows love when he heals the sick, raises people from the dead and casts out demons, when he is abundantly generous with both his time and his finances, when he feeds the hungry, when he spends time with the children and when he weeps, prays and encourages. I, um, I love that. I love that we serve a God of abundance. And I love that, you know, my current home at the moment I have the key to, and it works. It didn't break this morning. Kent, it's all right. You don't have to come fix anything. Um, I have the key to my current house. And in my current house, I know, I'm not going to say where everything is, but I know where most things are. And I know that when I need something, I can go into my house and I can find it 
and I can use it. And if it belongs to my children, then I have a conversation. But generally speaking, everything in my home is accessible to me and I am permitted, I have authority to use it. Well, you know, the same thing happens as we spend time in our heavenly home. The more we get comfortable with it, the more we spend time within it, we get to understand what is available to us and we have permission and authority to use it. And we should be really confident in using our key to unlock the doors of heaven and bring whatever is needed onto earth, not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of others. I smiled this morning when I pulled out my key and my room number... I don't, was that my room number? No. But my num- the number on it is seven. Seven keys. Seven perks. I'm like, what's the word for it? Seven advantages to being able to access the keys of heaven. You know, the hardest thing about having this on the boat was getting off the boat first at the different ports. And if you told me that that was going to be hard when I entered the boat, I would not have believed you. But the thing was, it wasn't clear where the key holders were to go to anybody else on the ship except for those of us who had the key and who had asked. And so what happened when we rocked up at different ports is there would come a voice over the loudspeaker that said, can everybody please get on the staircase, line up, do not use the lift, do not use the lift, do not use the lift, line up on the staircase and when the bell rings, we will let you out. And then they told us to go up on another floor and use the lift. What do you think people did when the lift opened? They were not happy. They were not happy that we walked out. Were they, Ellie? They were not happy with us. And then we would get ushered to the front in front of all of them and hop off the boat. And I've got to say, the type of personality I am, I had the brakes on. I'm like, I don't want to go on the lift. (laughs) Just like, get on the lift. I'm like, I don't want to get on the lift. I remember this one occasion where I got down on the lift and, and the person that met us as we opened the door, there was obviously the staff member, but then there was a couple and it had obviously taken them a lot of energy to get to where they were. And here I was bouncing out of the lift, ready to jump ahead of them. And I just couldn't make eye contact because I was in a position where there was nothing I could do about it now. We were going forward, like there's nothing I could do. But I couldn't make eye contact with them because I knew how frustrated they were because they didn't understand. And so as we're leaving, they're like, why are you moving first? And like, Ellie, I'm, wasn't I? I was like trying to explain. I'm like, because I've got the key. I, I'm like, I've got the key. I'm like, please don't be mad. But the thing is, that meant nothing to them because they, they didn't remember the email. Why would they remember the email? I, they got it. They had every opportunity to pay the dollars, but, but they weren't remembering that because they just, like me with the other packages, just looked at it and thrown it away. And if I could have handed them my key card, I would have. But this was my passport. So this had my photo on it. This is how I got back onto the ship. If, some, if I gave that to someone else, I couldn't get back on. There was nothing I could do in that moment. And this really got me thinking when it comes to the key of Jesus. 
Because you see, sometimes we've got people who are like, why, why have you got access to what you've got access to? Why have you got these perks? Why have you got these advantages? And I don't want to be a person who stands there silent and can't hand them the key. You know, we need to remember that there are advantages and there are advantages for us to enjoy, but there are also advantages so that we can show the goodness and the glory and the overwhelming presence and power of God. And then others will ask. And you know what you can do? You can hand them the key and go, come on with me. Come be with me. This is not just for me, but this is available to all. Heaven is awesome. And it is available to you today. Please be aware. Please be open-minded. Please use the key and go in and explore and really enjoy the advantages and perks that didn't come for free. They came at a cost. And they come at a cost because we give our lives back to God. But they are 100% worth it. 100% worth it. You guys are awesome. Well done. Amen. Thank you, Joe. So much to take home from that. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day. Bye.